Drop the subject. That's right. If you're looking for drop the subject, hello. You came to the right place. You found us. If this you were looking for let's the go subject. there, you're a little early. So, um, but hey, we will keep you company in the meantime. I'm Allie. I'm here with Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner, my glorious co-host. James, a question for you. I mean, we'll get to all the exciting things that we're doing in the show today, but wanted to ask you a question about in your household with you and Chris, do you cook often? Do either of you cook? And if so, does one of you do more cooking than the other? We are quite the cooking household. We cook often, pretty much every single dinner, most lunches. We cook quite a bit, actually. And okay. mm-hmm. yeah, I... Yeah, we like to cook. We both, and okay. I probably, it's probably 60 40 me, but, or maybe even 55 45. Like it's pretty even. Wow. That's a, I mean, that's a lucky ratio. I feel like most people, it's either one or the other. I am cooking, I would say 80 to 90% of the time. Because <laughs> you have nothing else going on in your life either, right? You're exactly, not busy because I at have all. Uh-huh. all this free time. So yeah. I can just cook willy nilly, I can cook all my meals. Um, I cook all, I do all of our lunches. I do oh. all of our dinners. Uh-huh. I, nice. And I actually do enjoy cooking. I find it therapeutic. I put a little show on. I do my thing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's not bad. But every once in a while, it would be nice if Katie took the reins. <laughs> uh-huh. So are we, are I, we eh, big trouble in paradise? Is that how that song goes? No. <laughs> I think it's two tickets to paradise. Oh. <laughs> I'm just making up my own song. Big Which, ch- little Tokyo trip, paradise. <laughs> I was like, all right. Subarus and paradise. Hey, now that's a good time. There you go. I was told by my wife that she, it was her night. She was going to cook dinner. She was going to take over. Nice. Because, good. Uh, spoiler alert, I, my schedule is extremely busy right now. Just, and yeah. um, I don't have a lot of free. Yes, I don't have a lot of free time. So Katie's going, I don't worry, honey. Why don't you relax or go for a nice walk, clear your head. I will take care of dinner. I said, wonderful. I'm expecting this. I'm expe- I go on my little walk and I've got now, my Now, before you in. go on further, though, was were those the specific words? I'll take care of dinner. Yes. Okay. It was I'll take care of dinner. Uh-huh. Okay. I leave. I go for my little walk. It was nice. I, cl- I clear my head. I'm expecting when I return home this wafting of, of a home-cooked meal, a healthy but delicious dinner. And she is a good cook. She just doesn't enjoy cooking. She despises it. Real, which is a, an odd combination. Someone to not like cooking, but also be good at it. That is a odd. She, Katie's very talented. She Well, she, get, she gets obsessive about recipes. So she will follow a recipe uh, to the T uh-huh. and get upset. And it's just too overwhelming for her. <laughs> right, right, right. Understood. So, uh, or it's a great excuse that she's been giving me for the past 11 <laughs> right, or years. Or you've been fooled for 10 years. Right. So I walk in. And I smell nothing. And then I look on the on the counter and there are Togo sandwiches sitting on the countertop. Like from the place. From the sandwich place. To- yeah. Togo, and you know, you know people go, are listening. Yeah. yeah, people are listening all over the country. So so, you know, Togo's is that like a a West Coast version of Subway, but way better sandwiches in my opinion. It's a sandwich place that I love. And I was excited, and I was like, oh, great. I, I love sandwiches, and I ate the sandwich, and it was fine. But my thought is, she promised to take care of dinner, and I'm the one who is always <laughs> cooking the dinners. Does uh-huh. I'll take care of dinner mean mm. I, it, all bets are off? It doesn't matter how the dinner is presented to me? Or does it mean that she still owes me a dinner because she didn't formally cook a, a home-cooked dinner? These these are the gays of our lives, right? These are the <laughs> things that that we you think about in marriages and relationships. So, I, being quite the semantical person, words matter, and saying things matter. And so, therefore, I think because your lovely wife said, "I'll take care of dinner," she gets a hall pass on this one. She gets a free oh, pass. Stop! Because I completely she, disagree. She did not say, "I will make dinner." She said, I'll take care of dinner. And I think there's you you taking care of dinner would be, I'm going to make it. And I'm going to like pull things out of the cabinet. I'm going to whip up stuff together and whatever. That's you taking care of dinner. Katie taking care of dinner is, do we have food? Do we have sustenance in the evening? And therefore, I think she fulfilled her obligations. I totally... I. I'm sorry. You're siding with Katie? I probably not the smartest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think, Katie, I hope you're listening. <laughs> she, help, I'm sure she is. And help. she's going point in my column because <laughs> I, I, we got into a discussion about it. I was like, well, hold on a minute. Even if, even if that were true, James, uh-huh. the fact that she opted for the easiest thing to pick up. <laughs> Maybe she had a stressful day, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're both working a lot, but I figured... You know, if you're going to pick up dinner, it could at least be like sushi or some kind of a a bigger deal meal than just like like you know, a $20 dinner. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I, but I I still feel that she owes me a home-cooked <laughs> dinner because if I were to say I'll take care of dinner, it uh-huh. means that I'm going to cook dinner and she knows that that's what she expects. Uh-huh. So, if she's going to turn it around on me and say I take care of dinner, I automatically assume cooking. If she had said uh-huh. I'm just going to pick it up. You know what they say about assuming, Allie. <laughs> that, that, uh, that is the fabric of America. <laughs> it's, the fa- it's the fabric <laughs> of a great long-term sustainable relationship. <laughs> no, it is the fabric of what does they say? It makes an ass out of you and me, right? Oh, assuming. Yeah. Like just because you, and I do this all the time, right? We do. When Chris and I were in counseling years ago, the, uh, our therapist called it James's of courses. So the way I thought, I was like, well, of course it means X, Y, and Z. And sh- and our therapist was like, no, that's, of course it means that to you, but it probably doesn't, of course, mean that to 7.9 billion other people, including ah, your husband. I see. So right. of course I'll take care of dinner to you means I'll make dinner. Of course I'll take care of dinner to Katie means, well, we have food. Well, I want someone to get in my damn house and make me a dinner. I don't care who it is anymore. <laughs> I need one. We uh, we're hungry but excited to continue the show. Uh, don't go anywhere. More drop the subject is on the way. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. Allie Johnson, James Simmons. We are your hosts, and we both are people who very, very much enjoy a good fright, if you will. <laughs> a, a good a, fright. A, a good fright. A little bit of scary, and uh, so because we got to talk about. Halloween, which is coming up. I know if I know, I know, I know it might feel a little bit early, a little bit early to be talking about Halloween. Who it's cares? only August. But right, A, who cares? Because love horror movies. B, we're already seeing Halloween stuff in stores. Like, not only is it bad enough that you're like running into Target and you're like, please stay away from me. I just need to get my things. Like, I'm filling up my card. I want to check out. And of course, my Target has decided to have this new fun game where they only have one checkout line open at a time. <laughs> so they're making you do all your checkout on your own. All but the grocery store workers need a vacation. Basically, which is, uh, hey, I'm all for that. If that means I got to check out my own groceries at Target, I think it's fine. But also, what I'm running into in Target and trying to run around is they have the Halloween decorations out already well yeah you're right you're absolutely right that it's already a stressful situation to go into any department store right now and then to also have a witch booing and screeching at you as you're running by (laughs) like startling you (laughs) and you're like oh my god i have enough to worry about but then also maybe i need that yes that's exactly what i was gonna say is that People can bitch every year about it's too early for X amount of decorations, too early for Halloween, it's too early for Thanksgiving, it's too early for Christmas. Um, I don't care. We have many (laughs) other things to worry about than to get petty with when decorations are getting into stores. I'm like, if you want to celebrate Halloween, if you want to put up twinkle lights and pretend like it's Christmas... I don't give a crap. Go, go ahead and do it. it. Just go do it. <laughs> and I I'm love, in. I mean, this is also, I'm, I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. And uh-huh. I think it's also because I love scary movies and I love to watch them all year round, but other people feel obligated to watch them with me because it's Halloween. Yes. And you typically start with Halloween, right? Like you start with the original and at least I feel like that's one of those movies that everyone will be like, okay, fine. I'll sit around and watch it because you know, you love Jamie Lee Curtis and it's, it's just such a classic that you, that's fine. But then when you start digging into other movies and you're like, okay, if you loved Halloween and you like to be scary, you need to totally watch like, like I think insidious is one of the scariest movies I have ever seen in my life. And I, people got to that very first scene at the dining room scene, not the first scene of the movie, but the first scary scene in the dining room. And I, my friends like got up and left. They were like, (laughs) screw you, buddy. (laughs) I can't handle this. I'm out. 
another great recommendation that you gave to your friends. <laughs> Pretty much exactly. <laughs> or I'm like, let's watch the, you know, director's cut unrated version of um, like the uh, exorcist or something. the exorcist, right? With the spider walk, which is one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah, the and crab walk down the stairs. Yes. And she, when she does like literally people walked off the set of the movie when they were trying to do, she actually does that by the way. No. Like, yeah, she actually she actually does that, and then they speed it up. She does it very very slowly, and they I was have gonna her on say a harness. They have to, and, they have, they yeah, have it's a whole it thing. But she's in full makeup when she does this, and they're playing music. There are stories about people who walked off the set. You know, it's such a cursed set anyway. But they were like, yeah. "This is too much." Yeah. I when I go for scary movies, I usually don't go old school, and I and I do appreciate Halloween. I will watch Halloween movies. Um, you know, I I love the Halloween marathon and all that good stuff. But I'm not really like, oh, I'm going to put on Freddy versus Jason or I'm going to put on all those classic horror movies. I Uh want like 90s and later. I want like like Scream onwards. uh I I know what you did last summer. Scream. That was my jam. (laughs) The Grudge. The Grudge. Totally. The Ring. The Purge. The whatever. Uh Uh, Strangers is a totally underrated horror movie. Because Just, was that Jessica Biel, right? Uh, no, Liv Tyler, I think. Liv Tyler, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right. Oh, yeah, and she way plays underrated. Her typical, movie. like I don't know, <laughs> and you're like, oh, and, and what's so scary about that movie is that there is no scary movie music. Yeah. It's just silence and it makes you really feel like it's real because you're sitting in your house watching a scary movie and it's just quietly there's somebody outside Uh who has every intention of murdering you slowly and (laughs) you're like, oh my God. Yeah. So that is, that is an under my, my underrated scary movie pick. Oh, see, that is really good. I remember watching that in the theater with my best friend. And when I lived in Chicago, who we we loved scary movies, but we sort of had a thing about we would only go to scary movies that couldn't actually happen to us. Oh, and, and yeah, like so zombie takeovers and stuff. Right. Well, yeah. Or it's got to be like sci-fi-ish or whatever, right? Like, it's like whatever. Nope. This movie could absolutely happen to you. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. so we left that and we were like, we need to stay awake. All night long. Like yeah. we need to do the other one that we we did to one of my underrated ones, and I always call it um, uh, Black Lady in the Window. But it's the one with Daniel Radcliffe, one of his first movies after um, uh, after Harry Potter, and it's um, the woman. Oh my gosh, I can't oh, remember the like name the, of it. Uh, isn't it Black Lady in the Window? No, because that's just what I call it, Black Lady in the Window, but that's not what it is. If you know what Black Lady in the Window is, what I'm talking about, get at us at, at DTS Show. Oh, oh the, woman the Woman in black. black. The Woman in Black, right. She's not a black lady, but I, that movie was really <laughs> mysterious and scared the, the crap out of me. And I used to run around and tell everybody, I'm like, oh my God, you guys have to go see Black Lady in the Window. And they're like, really, James? Um, <laughs> you have to go see Black Lady in the Window. They're like, I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying what to say something. Uh, we'll be right back. What is your underrated or overrated horror movie? pick let us know at dts show we'll be right back drop the subject the new channel q drop the subject new channel q ali johnson james simmons rolling right along on a tuesday and i am so awesome at everything that i do that i need to go continue to do other things and continue to be awesome at them until i achieve them and then i move on to other things and i continue to just be awesome ah are you speaking of the fact that you may be a sex addict? No, a success <laughs> addict? <Whoops. laughs> Some might have called me a sex addict in the past. No, that's actually not something to joke about. Dr. Chris would not be happy with us, right? Sex addicts is a real thing, but so is Allie success addicts, right? <laughs> right. There's this whole yes. <laughs> success. Success. <laughs> addicts. Uh-huh. How many S's are in success? It means that you're addicted to having sex exactly six times. I'm a sex sex addict. <laughs> so yes, yeah, sex uh, success addiction is a thing, apparently. And yeah. and there's this article, it's really interesting about how success addicts choose being special over being happy. Listen to this. I want to see if any of this applies to you, James, because I know that you are an incredibly successful person, but also I don't consider you an addict of any kind. I hope I'm not an addict. So there's this whole thing that happens in our brain 
around a lot of things that cause addiction. So I feel like I need to take this from like a medical standpoint, right? This is where I get to be Dr. James, nurse practitioner to the stars. So we do things that release dopamine and dopamine makes us happy. And we have these receptors in our brain that receive the dopamine. And when you release a certain amount of dopamine, your receptors get used to that amount. So they make more receptors. So then you're encouraged to do the thing that releases more dopamine. Those receptors, uh, some of them are called nicotinic receptors, as in nicotine. Like yeah. they're the same mm-hmm. thing. So this is I make this relationship to people so that you understand why people who smoke keep smoking and oftentimes start smoking more. And they get to the point where they're smoking a pack a day or even more or whatever, right? Same thing with drugs. Same thing with success addicts. Same <laughs> things with socks addicts, right? These okay. There, it's actually this release of dopamine and it becomes something that for for whoever you are, however your brain chemistry works, whatever that thing is, you actually get addicted to this. And and this is sort of this concept of in, in like overachiever land, if you will, that people are like, man, I just got this brand new job and I got a huge raise. That's great. And they're like instantaneously looking for their next opportunity because they got that little push of dopamine. And right. It was awesome. And it lasted a few days. And now they know they need to go get some more. Well, I mean, when you get when you you have goals in your life, right, you want to have goals that that you strive to achieve. And then when you achieve them, there's a little bit of a great. Now what (laughs) kind of a (sighs) mentality for some people? I know I've experienced that. And what is that about that you feel like you always need to be looking forward to something or charging towards something in order to feel useful in your life? Right. It just without Otherwise, you would just be doing what? Living your life? My God, how, what is that about? How dare you? And, and I will say that there are, I see this. I, I see maybe a little touch of it in myself, um, but there, I see this. I saw this a lot where I was in my Institute of Higher Learning, where I got my doctorate. You see a lot of this, that people are willing to sort of sacrifice their own like relationships and sort of their own health and all of these things to just keep getting hits of this like success. And it's just like people who are addicted to substances and they sort of make all kinds of sacrifices to get those particular substances. And there's even this uh, fancy term for it, Ali. Psychologists call this the hedonic treadmill in which satisfaction wears off almost immediately and we must run on to the next reward to avoid the feeling of falling behind. Well, it's very American, isn't it? to be a success addict. (laughs) I think people in Italy are like, why? What's why? What's the point? Why? Why wouldn't you just live on a farm and like grow your own grapes and have a couple of goats and just have a good time? Yeah. And drink some wine and cheese for lunch and just like be happy. And then have wine and cheese for dinner and then wine and cheese for breakfast. Which And then why can't we just sit and do that? Why why can't we have wine and cheese seven times a day and that's it and never have to work? But I do think that people who are success addicts do hide this under the guise of being happy, right? I think a lot of people are like, well, I'll finally be happy when I get that thing that I'm working really hard for. And then they get that thing. And then almost immediately, like within days, they're working towards the next thing. And in, in some instances, like, you know, we, we have this whole conversation, particularly around those of us who have had like body image issues and whatever that like, you're, you need to be happy where you are. And your body is a journey and you're not going to be just all of a sudden happier when you have a six pack and you're not all of a sudden going to be happier when you become successful in the stock market. They say the first step is admitting that you are successful, but to your own detriment. The second step is making amends to any relationships that you've compromised in the name of your success. And the last step is to find the right metrics of success. God, I wish I had these problems. Um, When we come back, we've got more dropped subjects. With a couple of a uh, couple of people that might be success addicts, might not be. Simon Cowell. We'll talk about him oh. when we come back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. Interact with us all you want at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. We dare you. Uh, Simon Cowell has not had a great 48 hours. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. And Simon Cowell has since made some remarks about his little tumble off of his electric bike. Uh, He was riding around an electric bike that he had just bought in his Malibu mansion, and he was given a little test ride, and I think it had a little too much oomph. 
uh, a little more than he thought it did. And uh, down he went. And he is now having to undergo surgery. Um, I will say, if you've built your career on being mean to people and then you get into an electric bicycle accident, (laughs) you have to know that some people are going to um, not feel as bad for you as, say, Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, That was a bad example. Um, But you know what I'm saying, James. I know as a medical professional, you never want to laugh at somebody's horrible injury that they sustain falling off an electric bicycle in their own home. Well, and apparently... (laughs) I love how you put it that way. Falling off an electric bicycle (laughs) in their own home. Apparently, (laughs) dude came within like millimeters of being like paralyzed though (laughs) as my family from st louis would say paralyzed he honestly though i guess this was really really bad like it is it is a thing when you fall and damage your back to the point that they have to rush you to surgery that day you can even crack bones in your spine and we won't do surgery so it's kind of a big deal he got really close to like messing with his spinal canal and i mean that's really scary and, and really super dangerous so but yes, I think you are right, Allie. When, when you are mean in your career, you cannot expect people to, uh, you know, have a lot of. Sympathy I mean, for ruthless, you. like not a not a nice person. No, well, but here's the thing: opposite of our good buddy, Ed, <laughs> apparently Simon Cowell is very different. Like apparently he's, he's actually really nice a guy? nice guy. Yeah, well, apparently he's just a nice, a really nice chain smoker. Right? He's like, he's like a nice chain smoker with like a huge yacht. He also owns one of the world's largest yachts, I think, too. Um, but his now uh, that's a good person. I'm sold. Yeah. That, that, oh yes, because he's got a big yacht. I'm sold. But he does, um, Ali, one of his proteges, one of the people who helped he helped launch what is now becoming a huge. I will say, dare to say, will end up being legendary career. Um, he took some advice from old Kelly Clarkson, who told us all, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What doesn't kill you and, and never- at a moment like this, you replace <laughs> Simon Cowell with <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Yes. That's what's happening on America's Got Talent. It is. Well, because they have live shows tonight and tomorrow. And AGT, AGT for those in the know, is like one of the biggest shows of the summer. And they're doing live shows. And they, they have Howie Mandel and Heidi Klum and Sofia Vergara. And they're like, hold up. Wait a minute. Who is going to replace Simon to be the judge on these live shows? And we're actually one of the few shows on Cape on network tv that's doing well this summer who should we bring in and everybody loves kelly clarkson including you know she's like two-time emmy award winner now with her little talk show whatever so everyone loves kelly she's great and she's going to replace simon for the foreseeable future as a host judge and as as a guy who who you know knows a thing or two about medical problems when somebody comes in with it with a story like Simon Cowell's, I fell off my electric bicycle uh-huh. and I broke my back. Uh-huh. Do you do you have people that are lying to you about those injuries and trying to make <laughs> them seem more more interesting or less embarrassing than that? Because I would imagine, uh, I mean, I've had some embarrassing injuries and and it's 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 a very shameful thing to explain how you got injured if it's a lame story. But do you feel? people lie to you and what lies have they told? I, I feel like the only time people lie is when they think they're actually going to get in trouble for it. Um, yeah, oh, there is a fair amount of, of people who are like, yeah, like if they're like, don't, please don't tell me about it. You know, if people are like, oh, I was really high and, you know, I, I drove to Taco Bell and then you're like, oh, don't drive when you're high, you know, and then they're like, and then I drove through the Taco Bell and then I like bashed my head on the thing, you know, like <laughs> instead they'll be like, oh, I hit my head on the kitchen counter. And you're like, except for the cops brought you in because you drove through a Taco Bell. Yeah. like, And you have glass in your face. And you're, <laughs> yeah. So like when people think that they're going to get a chalupa trouble, in your hand and you're, right. you're, you're, you're sir. Sir, stop eating the chalupa. Put the chalupa down. <laughs> Sir, excuse me. You can have it after. It'll still be there after your surgery. <laughs> Sir, no, that's that's blood, not fire sauce. Sir. I had to be worth it. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. We didn't get a chance to cover yesterday some of the protesting and the uh, the looting and the many events that were taking place in Chicago over the weekend. Um, as you know, and as we talk about regularly here on Drop the Subject. Um, Protesting has not stopped. It's been going on for going on 80 days now, I believe. Um, And there are many people that continue to flood the streets seeking justice for Breonna Taylor and many, many, many others. And uh, just the ongoing fight for racial injustice in this country. And 
in one of the protests, it seemed there was a 20-year-old man who opened fire, uh, which then resulted in the police returning that fire. The 20-year-old is okay but wounded, and it did, of course, vastly... Uh, amplify the actions at the protests. Uh, Things did turn a little bit violent and there was looting involved um, and there were over a hundred arrests. But Lori Lightfoot, when she was asked if she wanted any government help, this was her response. And again, no, we do not need federal troops in Chicago, period, full stop. I'm sure the president uh, will uh, have his way with this incident, but I'm calling upon him to do the things that we do need. And she continues to tell Donald Trump and everyone else exactly what <laughs> Chicago does need, yeah. which is basically gun control. She, she gets down to gun control. And and this is, you know, I do think it is important to sort of kind of differentiate what, what happened here, because unfortunately, a lot of these things sort of get lumped together. So, yes, there's protests still going on. And and they need to continue going on. In this particular incident, there was a, a situation with one individual and some Chicago PD. Apparently, this individual was was after an altercation, shooting at Chicago PD. Chicago PD fired back on social media. It was thought that this was a 15 year old boy, and they thought it was also thought that the police killed this individual. So, wow. turns out this person is 20. And not dead and alive, but right. alive at, at University of Chicago Hospital. So, and and this this single solitary incident then it turned into you know saluting in in very particular areas. So, having spent fifteen nearly fifteen years in Chicago, you know Michigan Avenue. Everyone kind of knows Michigan Avenue, right? That's like the big shopping area downtown, and it's it's very it's very fancy, and there's lots of tourists. I'm sure it's very very busy in the summer, even though people shouldn't be. Anyway, whatever. That's a whole nother topic. But then also in another area called North and Clybourne, which is kind of a, a wealthier area um, now anyway. And so there was looting going on in those in those areas. And, you know, Lori Lightfoot has come down really hard and said, like, we are watching you. We're not tolerating this, you know, f- if there's any additional looting and things that, that come about this. But I think what's, you know, really sometimes tough in these situations is that what gets reported by certain media outlets is just that, oh, those black folks are at it again. They're looting. They're they're breaking down stores. You know, they're stealing things. And and right. This is more dangerous to our economy than covid. Right. Yeah. All of these different things. And and, you know, you continue. I was it. I believe it was James Baldwin. Was it James Baldwin? I can't remember who said rioting is the language of the unheard. And right. someone, please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that's James Baldwin, but there, but that that is. And so you have people who we already are at such tense, incredible place right now, and we're still working through so much. And then social media spreads an inaccurate story like that. Regardless, cops, I still feel like don't need to be shooting people. It's another incident of cops shooting a black man. Now, if this man was shooting at the police. That's a different story. But until right. everybody gets the facts, what happens is we get one group of people reacting over here. Oh, those black people are at it again. All they do is steal stuff. And on the other end, like social media literally turned this into a riot in like less than an hour. And where is all the body cam footage? It seems that at mo- <laughs> at most of these protests, I'm not seeing any at all. And I, I not yeah. that they would be releasing it on social media, but it doesn't seem like even in the videos that I see that civilians are taking... I'm not seeing anyone wearing them anymore. Yep. So we're just not doing that. We're just we're we're just not we're not do, wearing body camera footage. Also, like, hold on, this is outing us. We shouldn't. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. And and there's there seems to be no accountability for that. Also, you know, there are some members of Black Lives Matter who, of course, you know, they're saying that they don't they don't endorse the rioting and they 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 were not a part of it. But then also, when asked about this, you know, a spokesperson for Black Lives Matter in Chicago says in a predictable and unfortunate move, she meaning Mayor Lightfoot did not take this time to criticize her officers for shooting yet another black man. Lightfoot instead spent her time attacking looters. The mayor clearly has not learned anything since May, and she would be wise to understand that people will keep rising up until the CPD is abolished and our black communities are fully invested in. And here's the thing. what Like, I'm not for looting and rioting. I'm really not. I'm also not for people shooting at anybody. Cops shooting at people or people shooting at cops. However, this is this is part of the systemic problem. When we talk about how whenever there is any sort of shooting, there's any sort of any sort of situation, public officials 
and the greater public opinion immediately default to believing the cops, immediately default to defending the cops. And as a former DA and a, a work, you know, as a former uh, attorney, uh, Lori Lightfoot, that just seems to be her response to this. And, you know, I think a lot of people expected sort of more out of Lori in terms of like finding a balance. And, and you, you, Lori wasn't there. There's not been a time for a full investigation. Like just because the cops say one thing and social media says another doesn't mean you 100% of the time believe what the cops said. Like that's the whole freaking point here. Well, and if you ask anybody, like, yes, there's that. And then there's also on the other side, people going, you you know, you're always blaming the cops. It's always our fault. Mm -hmm. You always feel like Mm -hmm. it's us doing something wrong when we're just trying to do our jobs. Right. So it's literally two groups of people saying the complete opposite thing to one another and going, I don't know how you don't see it my way. Yep. 100%. (sighs) All right, we are going to turn things around a little bit. We're going to do just the tip Tuesday. When we get back, we are going to venture into the depths of your kitchen. Yes, Uh, those drawers, many of the gadgets that you have, they might be useful. They might be useless. We will go over the ones that you should have paid money for when we come back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. I am James. She is Allie, and you are listening to us, and we thank you so much for that. It is Tuesday, and we do this thing on Tuesday. As you probably know, if you're new to the show, we do a thing called Just the Tip Tuesday, where we talk about some things that might just be helpful in your life, helpful hacks, interesting tips, and we have lots of them in quarantine, right, that are focused on being home because we're home all the time. And I have really, really enjoyed because I love to cook being home and cooking a lot. So we want to give you some tips on, and this one is going to be a little bit alley of, do we, it's almost like another game, right? Do we need it or do we not? Well, yeah, because I'm looking at half these and I'm like, you don't need half this crap. And and this is (laughs) where it comes to like, I enjoy cooking. It, I've done a lot of it, a lot over the last few months. So I'm getting a little sick of it because I was like, oh, cooking. I don't mind. I do that all the time. And now I'm like, all right, geez, I need a, I need a break. I need to go out to dinner. <laughs> I need a t- take out or something because I just can't do it again. But I think it's also because I don't have any of these gadgets. See? I do it all old uh-huh. school. I haven't even looked at this list yet. I'm going to go ahead and say half of them are useless and half of them are just how to cut things, like dice things without having to really dice things. Without dicing your finger. See, that's the point. So my husband happens to be quite obsessed with cherry tomatoes. They need to be in everything. They need to be on everything. There's snacks around. So the first one here is that this great little, it's called the grommet, or no, you buy it at the grommet, but it's this little thing where you put all the cherry tomatoes in a flat dish and then you put like a lid over it, but there's a gap that's, oh, half a cherry tomato width. And then you just run your little knife across the gap and it cuts all the cherry tomatoes in half. It sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. If you have a sharp enough knife, when you don't have a sharp knife, this serves no purpose. But you serrated. need to have. You just need a serrated knife. That's all. Yeah, That's but the then if you tomatoes. press too hard, you're just going to get a bunch of sludgy tomatoes because you're it... essentially smashing the ch- tomatoes so you can cut them all at once. <laughs> Only sort of. You're just you're gently caressing the tomatoes into. You're coercing them into a position where you need them to be, so that your sh- sharp yes, but serrated more importantly knife can just easily and gently slide through and half all of your cherry tomatoes, which then make perfect salad toppers. Do you see, do you think a, a Michelin star chef would have this thing in their kitchen? Yeah. No. Because a Michelin star chef isn't going to waste all the damn time <laughs> to cut each and every single one of those cherry tomatoes. Well, they're right. going to have 14 so like, sous Okay. This, yeah. So the sous chef who's making 146 heirloom tomato salads is going to be <laughs> whipping out the grommet <laughs> putting them all and being like, all right, there we go. It's over. <laughs> Only if that's the noise that is <laughs> when the tomatoes go through. Okay. <laughs> I think that one was great. So fine. If you don't like this one, uh, what about the next one? This one's a little bit interesting. It's called the freeze it. So think ice cubes, but bigger. This tray is perfect for soups, stews, sauces, and broths. Each compartment has measurement markings for portioning. You pour, so basically you pour your your liquid stuff in this thing that looks like a big ice tray, and then you freeze it. And then when you want 
your soup or your broth or your sauce or whatever. You pull it out of the freezer, you crack it like an ice tray, and then you just have a perfectly portioned sauce or soup or whatever. You heat it up in the microwave or cook it as whatever Jesse says you do on a stovetop or whatever, and then you're done. No. (laughs) No. I mean, (sighs) so you want to make a soup and then turn it into ice cubes so that when you then make (laughs) soup again, you don't have to make the soup really or you have less steps to do to make the soup. Yes, but the extra steps that you need to take to put, you know how crappy it is to balance an ice tray? Especially I'm looking at this thing and it looks like one of those dumb rubber ones where you're as soon as you open the freezer, it's spilling all over you. It's probably hot <laughs> soup all over your body. Uh, well, not scalding you, giving you burns. I think you're you're being awfully hard on soup. <laughs> Allie, I think you are. Uh, I do- mean, I always have been. I don't have any respect for it. <laughs> I was taught. I was grown up this way. I was taught this way. Okay, fine. So this one, listen, we everyone has that thing. You put it in the microwave. This we go through paper towels the way way too many because when you're taking something, let's say, I don't know, soup, and you put it in the microwave, you take your paper towel and you cover the bowl so it doesn't splatter all over your microwave, right? Well, instead, at the container store, you can get this gadget, which looks like a spicy redhead in a blue dress. <gasps> she's got her hands on her hips. And but she looks like a Polly Pocket and she's faceless. <laughs> she is faceless. So I guess we should not assume that she is she. There is a genderless, uh, faceless with hands on their hips, redhead. And you put, it is white though, unfortunately. But you put it yeah. on top of your whatever so that then you stick, let's say, a bowl of soup. You put this on top of the bowl of soup. You stick it in the microwave. And then you go and then there's no spillage. So you're not having to clean your microwave. So this woman will sit on the circumference of your entire bowl? Gender non-exclusive. I say. Will sit on your, the entire circumference. Well, I, it doesn't look like it's big enough for a bowl, does it? It looks, it like, looks it's like, like it's like a, big enough for a shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you want to heat up that <laughs> shot of brandy in the microwave. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I haven't been sold on one yet, but when we come back, we'll get to part two of this list of things that you must have in your kitchen. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It's just the tip Tuesday, and I have been not a fan of any of the things on this list that we're breaking down today, which is 12 gadgets that you absolutely need in your kitchen, including a a tomato slicer that slices your tomatoes for you, uh, a freeze-it, which means that you're basically taking apart soup or simmer sauces and then freezing them in cubes and then reheating them later. What's wrong with that, Allie? Come on. Those are freeze-it cube thing. That's a great idea. No. And now we move on to the next one that I think is BS. (laughs) And it is called the the use one tool, and it's basically just a strainer. <laughs> what do you have against? Okay, you know what? I think you came into this with a lot of attitude, Allie Johnson. <laughs> so listen, this is like, oh, you can do it all. You want to steam veggies? You want to fry bacon? You want to strain some pasta? You could probably, I don't know, like wash your hair in it or something too. Like whatever you want. It's like it's all of this. It's a colander, a trivet, a splatter screen, and a streaming basket. It'll collapse when you need to store it. So you can actually keep it in a drawer. Okay. I'm, I, this Magic. is the one that I'm the least mad at because it's collapsible. And because I think you could take that camping if you really wanted to. And you're just like, boop, boop, boop. Okay. And, it, and if it doubles as a splatter thingy, fine. Um, now, the next one is to be able to peel tomatoes without touching them. <laughs> right. Is it, is it, wait, is it tomatoes <laughs> or garlic? Oh, is it garlic? Yeah, it's peeling garlic without touching them. Because, you know, peeling garlic is a pain in the you-know-what. Because not only do you get smelly garlic hands, but then you also get, like, the skin. You can't get it off, and there's a whole thing and whatever. And sometimes you really do want, like, a um, crap load of fresh garlic, but you don't want to go through the work of peeling it and cutting it and whatever. Well, now you have this little thing. All you do is you put a few cloves into the tube and roll. It's peeled, and then the slicing and dicing is super easy, Allie. Well, okay, but my only problem with this is that garlic cloves are not a one-size-fits-all situation. You have those little baby cloves, and then you have ones that are big-ass large cloves, so you don't know which one. This tube looks like it's a one-size situation. It's not collapsible. I feel like like the tube is flexible, Allie. I feel like you're not giving the tube a chance (laughs) to prove itself on its garlic peeling 
goodiness. Okay, fine. Listen, so I know you eat vegetables and fruit occasionally. You you had your whole vegan thing the other day. So like, what about this new container from the container store? They trap these trap and absorb ethylene gas, so they keep your produce from produce from spoiling. Your produce. Someday I will learn how to read words. <laughs> this device traps and absorbs ethylene gas, so it keeps your produce from spoiling. Allie, so your strawberries won't go bad in like three days. All right, this one. I have. <gasps> no, do you really? Does it work? It does work. I put, See? yeah, you can ah. pr- put fruits and veggies in it and it will make them last a lot longer. You do have to change the filter though and I've never done that. Oh, but this means all of them work on this list, Allie. So everything on here no, works. So there you go. You have no. one. You've gotten all of them. Fake news. Listen, uh, the next one, something I also impulsed buy at Macy's, believe it or not, which sometimes has a really great kitchen section, you know, 400 years ago when we could go to stores was yeah. this little like avocado three in one tool. So you, it's got this sharp on one end. It's got like this kind of sharpish knife that you can like cut the avocado in half. And then it's got a jobber in the middle where you plop it over the avocado pit and you twist and it pulls the pit out like perfectly. And then on the bottom end of it, it looks like, um, I don't know. It's got like four or five little thin wires in between. And oh, it's so you roughly, can slice. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you slice the avocado in perfect slices. And then they, it magically falls out of the skin of the avocado perfectly on top of my eggs every morning, Allie. Well, you know, I, I'm not usually one for avocado tools. I, I really feel like if you know how to cut an avocado, you deserve the avocado. Avocado injuries are something that's a, a problem because it seems like, like a, a lot of people don't know how to properly get into an avocado. Correct. They lose a lot of fingers. So for the sake of the people, I approve. For the sake of the people you approve. This one, though, this is great. It's like a little jobber. It look like, looks like a chip clip, but it's got like a little notch with like a neoprene notch or something in it. And it is a place to put your sauce spoon. So instead of you like stirring and mixing sauce and then having to set your spoon on the counter and then you're constantly wiping up your counter or you're using another paper towel or whatever, you just have this little jobber and it clips on the side of your pan. It keeps your spoon from not getting like too hot or whatever. And you don't have to set it on your counter. Brilliant. Okay, sure. But even easier is just that little, that little, um, what are those little things that you buy at... uh you can buy them anywhere, but they're like little, they, they look like giant spoons and they just lay on the counter no, and they're like ceramic and you just sit it there. Your, 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 your pasta sauce is like splashing in and out of your pan ah. and you got to clean that thing in the stove All right. and okay. All right, fine, fine. I will give you a chance, spoon dauber. What is it called? <laughs> it's called spoon dauber. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Fine. Uh, all right. Well, this has been informative. If you want to buy useless crap for your kitchen, this is a great place to start. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised I didn't see any of those like, uh, you know, you put put the onion, it'll drop anything and you put it yeah. in there. And it's just like, da, 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 and they never work. It just ends up being <laughs> like a one, big mush of, of onions. Um, so, yes, I, I am a traditionalist, but pick up some of these things if you want to. This has not been an ad. No one's getting paid for this. Uh, we'll be right back with more Drop the Subject. Hey. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. It is my job as host of this show to welcome you back to Drop the Subject. James and Allie, uh-huh. Allie and James. And, oh yeah, there's that Allie there too. Say hi, Allie. Hello. Hello, Hello, Allie. All right, COVID is a thing that is going on. I'm sure you've heard much, much, much about this. This new, you know, uh, it's top of the news, Allie. It's like this this new trend. It's trending right now, COVID-19. No, seriously. There are um, some kind of updates that are going on in the world of COVID-19, including here in California. So we know that lots of you are listening all over the place. But in California, this was kind of some big news. It actually made headlines um, this week. California's director of public health actually resigned on Sunday. Um, Her name's Dr. Sonia Angel. She was the first uh, Latina ever to hold the role. She actually has only had the role since November of 2019. This is Oh my God, can you imagine taking on that job (laughs) in November? And you're like, all right, I made it. I'm ready. Great new cushy job. Oh crap. (laughs) And then oh no. Every eyeball is on me. (laughs) Yeah. And every eyeball is or was on her because 
last Friday, there was this huge news conference. Everyone was, they made, they made this announcement. Everyone was sort of like, why is that? It's like Dr. Mark Gailey. He's like the, the, he's like the top health official for Newsom called this health conference. And they were like, why is he calling this or this news conference? And they're like, why is he calling this news conference? Well, he came out to say that there has been a glitch in California's data reporting system about the number of cases of coronavirus and that there's a the glitch has caused a backlog of 250 to 300,000 records. <gasps> Meaning that Ew. our numbers by by the state so reported up through each county and each municipality to the state and these are all of the numbers, age, demographics, deaths, everything that we track. So could be off by as many as 300,000. Okay. Oh. That's, uh, I think, double. More than, well, no, almost double what it's at right now. Because isn't California at like 400,000 or almost 500,000? Yeah, I think we're like over half a million now. Yeah. Yeah, which makes us the leaders in the country. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, great. That's the Trump math there when they're like, see, we're first. See, <laughs> <laughs> See, we did it. We're first. He said it, you know, he said it again. This in his in his press conference. When did he say it? Oh, the press conference with the shooting and everything on Monday. He said it again. He was like, well, we have more no- cases than anyone in the world because we're testing more than anyone in the world. <sighs> and, then the, and then they were like, but the death ratio. And he was like, no, no, no. But the cases and they're like, no, the ratio of the amount of people and the deaths is very bad and he's it's, like but we're but we're first meaning we're last meaning that we're first and meaning, we're like they're like no like, what are you uh, saying what are you doing dude you're totally confusing um, me yeah that yes. was uh that was a whole thing of course in the setting of you know over the weekend unfortunately we did pass the milestone of now we are more than 500 million sorry 5 million oh my that's God. a big difference there are not 500 million people in the United States, right? There are <laughs> 5 million confirmed cases of COVID-19 um, on uh, over the weekend, which is this is according to Johns Hopkins University, which has sort of become the de facto, like the default for everybody. Everybody looks at JHU for, for their numbers. And those numbers include probably 97,000 plus children in the U.S. that have tested positive for coronavirus in the last two weeks of July. My God. Yeah. I mean, as kids are trying to get back out there, they're clawing, they're chomping at the bit to at least just play with somebody, just have a friend around. And, you know, people are are starting to create these little uh, parenting pods where they're Mm -hmm. inviting, you know, more kids over so that you can do distance learning together. And when that happens, you're going to have more exposure and more cases. Uh, The the president, uh, Donald Trump, he exerted, uh, he, (laughs) I don't know, I can't even say it. You President can, um, do Donald it. Trump, he uh, he basically he signed some uh, executive orders and I don't know what's going to come of these, but one of them was supposedly supposed to provide as much as four hundred dollars in, in enhanced unemployment benefits after, um, you know, the no one could agree on any kind of a stimulus bill. So um, it's still kind of the future is very uncertain, but that's kind of what it's been since day one. So we're in our uncomfortable comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, being like shrug emoji that, all the time. That I think that's a pretty good answer for just about everything lately. Like, hey, when yeah. are we going to get a vaccine? No. Shrug, shrug emoji. When do we have to stop wearing masks? Shrug emoji. Bo. Am I going to get my, uh, you know, stimulus money? Shrug emoji. Bo? Be? No idea. <laughs> yep. Bo is, is the answer. Is the election going to happen? Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. This is Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. My name is James Simmons. Her name is Allie Johnson. And we are here to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Oh my God! Get that elephant out of here! <laughs> no, there, shoe. There's actually and a shoe. Are you shooing the elephant? This is not a fly, <laughs> Allie. I don't. I think elephants need a little bit more encouraging than shoe. Oh, just I've got go a on T-shirt. You. Go. Just psst, psst, go on you. Come on. Get out of here. Get out. No, I, <laughs> I think uh, they're also way smarter than like us, aren't they? Like I'm sure the elephant is like uh. I'm not mm-hmm. leaving. I clearly I made it into this room, bitch. Yeah, I am. That here. was not easy. I also came for the two for one taco. So I'm not leaving <laughs> until I get that. <laughs> Just- yeah. Elephants are shameless, man. They'll get into like an entire barrel of wine and drink that stuff in like 15 it's minutes and awesome. then be like, oh, yeah, bye. <laughs> and now I'm a drunk elephant, which is sometimes a skincare product that I use. OK, we 
Uh, I digress, is what the kids say. So we know that things have been a little different lately in the last couple of weeks. We acknowledge this and we want to just say to you on the air that we we get that and we understand that you have you've reached out to us and you let us know that the show feels different. And that's because the show is a little bit different right now. And that's okay. Yes, it is. It's something that we are and we appreciate your patience wholeheartedly. I know that it's not been easy to listen to a show that you enjoy and then be like, what the hell's going on? Things are changing. Uh, It makes me angry. And yes, you've dealt with enough change this year. Change is hard. (laughs) Right. Sorry. Sorry. We're adding to it. You just want something to be normal. (laughs) And I, I totally get that. I have taken on and we've both taken on new jobs. And so that's been a big I mean, it's been all of the parts of what's going on. <laughs> right. Um, I uh, took on a new job on mornings on KROQ, which is a sister station here in the Los Angeles or in Orange County. And uh, so I've been starting that and it's been uh, a really great, but also very, it takes up a lot of time. Yep. And so, uh, and James is starting a new job at a new hospital and that's taking up a lot of his time as well. So we are trying to make this work because we love you. We love working together and we want to continue to bring this show to you every single day. We're just trying to figure out the best way to do that. So we appreciate your patience and bearing with us. Yeah, we, we do appreciate your patience and we, we, we really do appreciate your comments and and that you've reached out. And we ha- by no means ever want you to feel like we're trying to pull the wool over your eyes or like do some sort of sneak attack thing or whatever. Um, but we also appreciate in that patience that you have for us and that love that you have for Drop the Subject and the love that we have for you that when we figure this whole thing out, it might look a little bit different than it did before. So it might yeah. it might not just be like Allie and I droning on for four hours, God knows what, over some crap that we came up with. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> nothing we do is crap. I'm, but honestly, it, it might be a little bit different. The show might be a little bit shorter. You might hear a little bit less of us some days, a little bit more of us other days. We're trying to figure it out because we love being with you and we we understand that this is a privilege um and that we it is something that we really both enjoy doing and we enjoy doing it so much that we both have taken on other full-time jobs and still want to try to make this work yeah exactly and and you can continue to vent and bitch at us all you want by Jesse's calling fault. the daddy line just take it all <laughs> on, on jesse three two three eight six daddy that's where you can call to vent your frustrations or just get into touch in touch with us and yell at us that's totally fine uh-huh. uh, we will we will be happy to play those on the air for you and you can always direct message us to get any more information or any questions that you might have at dts show uh, this is it for us we're getting out of here and we're gonna get a little bit of rest we will see you tomorrow for a brand new show Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.